T-Y-G-O. Take your gloves off. P-I-T-A. Pain in the ass. P-I-T-P. Pain in the patootie. Oh, thank you. In today's episode of Coffee Break with Miss Debbie, where we eat podcast snacks, I want to talk to you about abbreviations. So that's fitting. I try to keep the podcast segments short and sweet, and sometimes in trying to text or communicate quickly, abbreviations is something that we use. It is a new language to me. I am old enough that I often don't even understand texting language, but I'm learning. My theme for the year has been try new things. I'm trying to get better at understanding abbreviations. I was in an organization for many years called Youth with a Mission, but people within the organization just said YWAM. They've been around long enough that people not affiliated with the organization might know what YWAM is, but often abbreviations are a little language that's almost exclusive. You need to be in the inside circle or understand the inside jokes to get it. Now, one of the things I've really appreciated in the last couple of years is an online platform for dance studio owners. It's a Facebook group, and I just love this group. Most of us have never met each other face to face, but I feel like I do know people's personalities by their names and the way that they comment. And most of the men and women in the in this group are highly intelligent, uh, really smart business people. They have a great sense of humor and we understand each other because we all run dance studios. So there's a language or an abbreviation or just a kindred spirit there that we can really appreciate each other. A while back, someone did a post and the gal commenting said, well, this happens to me whenever I have a PETA mom. And I was struck by that. I didn't know what a pita mom was. Now, I like pita bread. It's the round bread with the pocket. And you slice it open, put some spinach and some tuna salad and some cheese in there and have a wonderful pita pita bread tuna sandwich. But I figured she wasn't talking about bread. So I actually had to Google and search around. It took me a while to find out the definition of pita Please avoid the Urban Dictionary whenever looking up any meanings or words, unless you want to get your socks shocked off, but I usually don't. So finally, I concluded that PETA was pain in the patootie. But the last letter obviously is A, so it's pain in the ASS. And I thought that makes sense. Okay, now when I read studio owners and I see that word tucked in there, I don't have to pause and go Google and say, what's this lady saying? It becomes clear to me. So we might, as dance studio owners or dance teachers, we might have a PETA mom, one who just likes to complain or push the envelope or challenge everything you do or say as a director or as a teacher. Whatever vocation you're in or whatever type of business you run, you may end up with a PETA customer. You might have a PETA soccer dad. You could have a PETA neighbor who constantly is calling you and texting you because she wants to order Avon, if you happen to be an Avon rep, 
And then the minute she gets her product, she's wanting to return it because she changed her mind and that wasn't what she wanted anyway and it didn't fit her satisfaction and she starts in again. And you realize she didn't really want to order Avon. You might run into PETA customers on Craigslist and there are people that keep texting and asking you questions about whatever you've listed and in the end they have no intention of buying anything. They were just enjoying the human interaction. Now, if you have lots of time on your hands and you're starved for social interaction, you may want to banter back and forth with somebody on Craigslist, knowing that they're not going to buy your product, but you're building relationship. That's valid. But when I get really busy as a business person, I'm certainly not bored. I don't have the time for PETA. I want to be efficient. I want to get things done. I want to move forward. And you're welcome to ask a question, but I want to answer the question and then go on to the next thing. Well, I created my own abbreviation. It's T-Y-G-O. There actually is a podcast that was already released called Take Your Gloves Off. So I wanted to clarify with you that moving forward, if you're listening to the podcast and I just happen to say Tygo, I'm referring to a situation where it's time to take your gloves off. If you want further definition, I would just encourage you to listen to that podcast. But for today, I'll kind of just be succinct about it. You don't take your gloves off every day. You don't walk around with your gloves off. When you're gardening, you need to wear your gardening gloves to protect your hands. If you are out shopping or doing a specific thing in COVID season, you might need to wear plastic gloves so that you're not touching um, contaminated surfaces. Gloves are there for a reason. If it's sub-zero weather and you need to be outside working, you need to wear gloves to avoid frostbite. But then there's the isolated situation where you take those gloves off, you're ready to fight and finish the fight in a very quick way. So as you're listening to Coffee Break with Miss Debbie and you happen to hear the phrase Tygo thrown into a sentence, it's not a compliment. No, it's not a good thing. You'll say, oh, that's one of those situations where that person threw on the straw that broke the camel's back. They pushed too far. Miss Debbie decided she was done. So I'm just sharing that with you for clarification. But there's times when we all get pushed to the edge. For the most part, I try to keep the podcast fun and whimsical and silly. Try to avoid being that person or participating in that activity. All right. Have a great day. No more Tygo for today. No more people. Oops, just joking. You know how we as artists don't seem to know when we're done? That's my problem sometimes with learning the podcasting. I might have an idea that comes into my head or an art project I want to implement, and I'll go ahead and get started on it, but sometimes it goes on and on and on, and I'm not quite sure when it's finished. That's one of the things that I'm wanting to um, grapple with with the series of pastoring the artist because that is one of the things that we tend to really have to maneuver through. Our minds are so full of creative ideas and they just keep going. And sometimes you've just got to tell yourself to stop. It's done now. But for me, even when I conclude something, I'll come back a couple days later because I want to put it back in the blender and mix it up or add to it or put a new layer on. There are art projects that can literally take years to complete. So that is understandable. Now what happened was my husband and I went on a little overnighter in Seattle this past weekend. 
And it's so wonderful that the urban centers are starting to open back up again a little bit. And of course, we're all wearing our masks and social distancing and lots of hand sanitizer in all stores. But it's nice that we can be there at all. And there are people walking around and it's just great to interact. We did visit one little store out on the pier there. And it's just one of those typical, you know, touristy places with the cute books and mugs and keychains and things you can buy. And as you go into the front door, it has the sign that we're all very, it's become normal to us now to see a sign that says face masks are required upon entering. But in this particular store, right below it, they had attached to the window one of those blue disposable masks. And it says on it in Sharpie, don't be a Karen. Well, I figured that wasn't originally there. It must have been their addendum or their version of an add-on. Most probably when they posted the sign that says face masks required upon entry, they had a few people, maybe only one even, that refused to comply. And I can picture in my mind that there was a lady that opened up the door and said, excuse me, I really want to come in and look around, but I'm not going to wear my mask today. And that's never fun for an employee or a business owner to have to approach someone and remind them of the guidelines. I have this at the dance studio. And for the most part, um, things are great there right now. We don't have any drama. We don't get any pushback. But for the one or two people that continue to stay in the lobby when they know very well that the lobby's closed, there are signs right there in front of them and they've been told. Or they continue to ask, do I need to wear a mask when I drop off my child? When there are signs right in front of them and they've been told. That would be the reason the store put up a sign that said, don't be a Karen. They're just saying, don't be difficult. Life is hard already for small businesses and for stores. We're just trying to exist and um, get back on our feet. Things are tough already. There's no reason to go out of your way to make it tougher. But I do take exception to using the term, don't be a Karen. I have many friends named Karen. It's their God-given name, and they are very much the opposite of difficult people. Maybe it's because I tend to surround myself with great people, but my friends named Karen are the opposite of whatever um, thing we're trying to communicate by using this term. So I've come up with a new term, and I'm probably going to get myself in trouble with this one also because there's probably a lady out there that is using her initials, and she's going by this. But my term is BB, busybody. I did allude earlier in, in a previous podcast saying, tis the season for busybodies, experts, and self-righteousness. But that's too long of a sentence. And I don't want to explain myself every single time. So I was trying to narrow it down. And I think just to throw that word Karen on there, most people get it at this point but I would like to alter the vocabulary in respect to all the lovely, beautiful, gracious women named Karen. They don't deserve this. I actually borrowed the term BB off of our pastor. He's been using that term for years and it was fun to listen to him speak. He would do these little side teachings off of the sermon about why we shouldn't be busybodies. He says, don't be a BB. 
And that was long before the pandemic hit. But once the pandemic came and everybody was in chaos, the BBs, busybodies, came out of the woodwork in droves. A funny picture I have in my mind is in the movie Mary Poppins. When the father put out an ad for nannies to come, you see the long, long line of grumpy old ladies waiting outside. And when Mary Poppins used her, whatever it was, magical powers or her Mary Poppin power, the wind blew and all of those difficult nannies went flying through the air and they were gone in a matter of moments. So back to the observation about the little store in downtown Seattle, they felt compelled to make a strong statement putting a disposable mask up on a window with Sharpie saying, don't be a Karen. And I can only imagine that after they put the original sign up, there was probably a woman who pushed the door open and said, excuse me, I really need to come in and buy my little trinket, non-essential, but I'm not going to wear my mask today. It messes up my makeup or it inhibits my breathing. Now, this would be a good one. I can't afford a mask. What? Can you even imagine? I think if anybody tried to pull that one in my dance studio, I would reassure them that they definitely cannot afford dance tuition. And the back door would open quickly as I usher them on. But let's not be difficult. Let's not be BBs. Let's not crawl out of the woodwork and be a self-righteous busybody who's an expert at everything. So abbreviations, you got the few at the beginning. We've got PETA, we have Tygo, and now we have BB. BB and PETA are both referring to the person and their behavior. Tygo refers to your behavior. It's an action. We will blow our magical Mary Poppin power and see all the difficult nannies go flying through the air, never to be heard of again. 